0: This episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast is brought to you by On Point Pomade. Keep your beard and hair looking on point with their line of pomades and beard oils over at onpointpomade.com. Use our code BSP15 at checkout and get 15% off your total purchase order. So thanks again to On Point Pomade for sponsoring our show. This episode is also sponsored by The Bean Bastard Coffee. Head over to TheBeanBastard.com and pick up any one of their delicious hand-roasted coffees. Coffee lovers will also enjoy their hand-cut and handmade espresso candles and soaps as well. If you're in the Buffalo, New York area, head to their store located at 448 Elmwood Avenue. And thanks again to The Bean Bastard for supporting this show. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. With over 500,000 officially licensed items in their online store, you're guaranteed to find something you need. Use our code BRUTALLY and get 10% off your total purchase order. Now on to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John, and this episode's guest is the returning Will Putney uh, of Fit for an Autopsy, of End. Uh, He is a uber producer in his own right uh, over at Graphic Nature Audio Studios. Uh, He has done the last two Every Time I Die records, uh, all the Knock Loose records, uh, has worked with Body Count, has done so many countless great, amazing albums that have come out over the last uh, decade or so. And it's always great getting to talk to Will because he he just does so much. Uh, and something else, that, something that I found out new about him actually <laughs> is that when he is done recording – uh his his idea of you know downtime is just literally doing nothing <laughs> which <laughs> when a lot of people say they do nothing it it's like oh i do nothing i'm going to go ch- catch up on this video game or this movies you know these movies these tv shows this whatever basically all the things that you have kind of thrown by the wayside while you've been working tirelessly And for him to just be like, no, I get away from everything and I literally do nothing. It's like that is (laughs) it's really interesting. Uh, I was not expecting that answer. Um, Also, speaking of things that I was not expecting as of when I'm recording this, I uh, got the news yesterday. uh, Every time I die is no more as of right now. Uh, it seems the band, uh, everything's played out the way it's played out um, between basically the band and Keith. Uh, and it's it's kind of a sad day uh, that, you know, one of my favorite bands is No More. Um, and it's really weird because I feel like, you know, they've been on such an upswing the last couple of years, you know, with um, really, I mean, to me, it's always been an upward trajectory. But I think commercially, I think the band has kind of, uh, gotten to this next level, you know, between low teens and radical, um, you know, both records that will produced, and it's just crazy to see that it, it's come to an end. You no, know, I would be kind of remiss if I, I didn't say that I kind of saw the writing on the wall. Um, <clears throat> the vibes in Buffalo were a little weird um, to me. Uh, there's some things that you know I'm not going to go into detail about, but there is some things that were said by people and. Uh, the vibe very much seemed to be that those were going to be the last couple of shows. Uh, friends of friends of friends uh, in the know uh, had kind of been telling me things as as they were panning out. And it was, I guess, the Buffalo trip was kind of my, my farewell, my goodbye. Um, and I guess in that sense, I got about a month head start on everybody else. Um, so I think everyone else is kind of having the same reaction I did. Um, but I've kind of had to i kind of got to say my goodbyes, and I feel like that's the weird thing um, I feel like that's the thing with with having lost close friends uh and family in the last couple of years um that news kind of like this hits me a little differently now where typically i i I choose to focus more on the the positives than the negatives and my first thought last night. Um, you know, I poured out one of the, the E-Tid beers that I got when we were at Buffalo uh, and put on Radical, and I chose to kind of look around my office at concert tickets, at, you know, posters, at pieces of of those shows uh, that I went to, and looking back on all the memories that I have of going to see Every Time I Die, and chose to focus on the the positives of, you know, the friendships that I've made from going to see that band, the good times I've had going to see that band, the... You know, countless laps watching the shit happens DVDs and things like that, and I feel like that's that's the way we should remember people and and I guess things when they no longer exist. As uh, we should try to focus on the present and focus on the the good memories that we had versus kind of the bad ones uh, or being stuck kind of in the the negative. Um, ironically thinking of a lyric for map change, you know, now I'm stuck in the negative space between, um, which applies to a completely different <laughs> situation, but it's, uh, it's sad. It's really sad to see a band that I've been going to see, you know, in, in the, in a world where, Nothing is consistent. Uh, You know, food places uh, change their ingredients, recipes, whatever. Um, It just turns into this thing where every time I die, was the one consistent uh, in my life for the last, you know, 20 years. I could always count on that band coming through. I could always count on that band putting out an album every so often. When Warp Tour was a thing, you knew that they were playing every other year. Um, And it just... uh, ceases to exist. Uh, it's not the consistent in my life anymore. And, you know, I think the bigger narrative that, as I was thinking about it last night, um, you know, I think they're a great band to showcase that nothing is impossible. Um, I remember looking back sitting there in an arena with going to see a fallout boy show, which I had never been to. And I did, sadly, I didn't even stick around for fallout boy. Um, but it was one of those where it's like seeing every time I die in an arena was I remember thinking sitting in those nosebleed seats just to see that band and being like they fucking did something that no one thought they would ever do, which is play an arena um, to see them, you know, a few months later, you know, opening in sheds, uh, outdoor amphitheaters and so forth uh, on that Mastodon run, That's, again, a, another situation of a, a tour that I never really thought I would see them in. But to see them do it and do it to the best of their ability and rise to the occasion and just kind of take on take on those weird challenges of like, why the fuck not? Why can't we be an arena band? Why can't we be an amphitheater band? And to me, that was something that when I look back on it, I, I, I took a lot away from it and put a smile on my face because I was like, you know, I feel like indirectly that's how I feel with this show. Like, why can't I get this person? Why can't I go do these things within, you know, this this show and what we are? what I feel like it's capable of being and doing. And I think a lot of that I kind of realized comes from just the the attitude and the work ethic of the people behind the band. And I think at the end of the day, I think that's what's the most sad about all this is just kind of seeing the people uh, and seeing what's happening to, you know, these brothers in in literal and figurative senses, uh, what they're going through with all of this. And weirdly, it's not what I've not been going through personally myself with the loss of uh, my friend that I talked about where, you know, I hadn't really been friends with him for a little while, but it doesn't negate, you know, the decade or so that we were really close. Um, So I hope uh, hope maybe cooler heads will prevail down the road and that this, as I said uh, on one of my posts, that this isn't goodbye, but it's just goodbye for now and that we will see the band come back. And, uh, all that aside, didn't mean to, uh, go on this, this rant, uh, about a band, but it is tied to Will Putney. Uh, and I did have a lot of people reach out to me last night, uh, cause they know how much the band means to me. And, uh, you know, like I said, this kind of becomes the platform for, uh, me kind of talking my way through some things that I've been thinking about. And, uh, that was a big one for me yesterday. So, uh, without further ado, this is my conversation with Will Putney and I'll talk to you all on the other side of it.
1: Good. How good? how how's it going?
0: Uh we got nine inches dumped on us yesterday in the last like twenty-four hours. So that's wow, crazy. where are you guys? Uh I'm in Grand Rapids, Michigan.
1: Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So you got it pretty bad we got like two inches.
0: <laughs> Darn. <laughs> yeah. I
1: think yeah. I got that in about
0: 30 minutes. <laughs>
1: yeah, we're we're okay over here.
0: Uh how's your move going?
1: Good. In the middle of it right now and uh just unloading some boxes, so could be worse.
0: How long does it take to To move a studio like that
1: um it's gonna be a minute i mean we got it all we got it all over here in two days now organizing and building everything's gonna take some time but you know it's uh it's a slow process should should be all right though once we're done
0: it's always it was funny because like when uh the publicist was like, "Oh, we're still trying to get a hold of Will." I was like, "I mean, I could totally see him <laughs> not answering an email for a hot minute with moving a whole studio." Yeah, it's cool.
1: <laughs> we got it. We got it done. So, so. Yeah. You know, you
0: know, that kind of brings up something kind of interesting to me cuz it and I might have this wrong or have read this wrong, but you're moving the studio into your house, correct?
1: Um, so this is a drum room that um uh, 2 years ago I built out my like main studio. I was going to put a drum room on the property, but then Um, we decided, you know, the, the studio that I had previously worked out of had two other engineers and, uh, we had decided like, what if we just relocated that home that whole place. And it was a similar setup where that's a shared drum room that we all use. And then, um, Randy and Matt who make records there, will just continue to work out of there as like their main spot. So actually now I'll kind of be working back and forth out of two spots, but, um, yeah, we're really excited about it.
0: Because I was going to say the question I was going to have, if, if you were moving kind of everything into literally your house, was going to be how would you find separating work and your like home life at that point when you literally kind of they coexist?
1: Um, it's easier for me not to have a commute, you know, and then um, a lot of the stuff I do like mixing and things where, you know, if there's not a band around, um, it's like a really easy workflow now because... I could, you know, kind of pick my hours, and I don't. I, I can be around more, at home when I need to be. Um, yeah, I I wasn't sure how I would like it, but I've been doing it for a minute now, and it's actually been great. So,
0: it's always interesting because you. you... You know, they, they have all these studies, you know, like, you know, don't put a TV in your bedroom. Cause when you go there, the whole point is to go to sleep, not to be entertained or to do other things that get your mind active and, and all that. So it's just kind of weird when you kind of start seeing people that are like, I find that the work person, like work, work, uh, personal life balance actually is a lot easier to maintain with even having all of my work literally contained within my house.
1: Yeah. I, I don't have any issue with it. I mean, I had a home rig for years before this anyway. And, um, you know the hours aren't it's not a nine-to-five job so okay. being able to kind of pick away at stuff at whatever time and you know removing a commute from the schedule it's definitely just giving me more time in my life too so
0: yeah i guess that's always a, a good benefit um <clears throat> you know something and i have it written down so i don't misquote this uh, but the bio for the the kind of epk thing or the presser that we get um was really interesting just the way it started off uh you know stating uh survival depends on evolution as conditions change and tides turn we must change with them in order to stay one step ahead of the on ahead of the coming challenges um i felt like that was such an interesting first sentence before i even listened to a single note of the new album because i feel like it can be just be applied to so many things outside of even writing music, but just life. Um, So I kind of wanted to know where, where did that quote come from or where did you find that or whoever, you know, put it into the EPK?
1: Yeah, I think it was part of the bio that we had written. um, And I feel like it helps sort of, it's a, it's a, it's a quote that sort of describes, you know, what we try to do with our music, but also what we try to do with our life and also sort of the, message that's within some of the music you know obviously fit is a very socially aware band and there are guys in my band that um are involved with what's going on in the world you know and um we we put those thoughts into our music the same way we you know talk about them in our life and stuff and i think it's something that's always been a part of you know especially in recent years it's always been a part of why i like to write music for the band and and um you know there there are songs you know a lot of a lot of what we do lyrically is sort of for lack of a better word like awareness raising you know with with things that we think are wrong with the world and stuff like that and i think trying to stay one step ahead of those things or at least being part of the solution and not part of the problem is definitely something we all try to do so i don't know i feel like it just um I didn't give it as much thought as you did, but I thought it, I thought it was a cool way to kind of enter and kind of enter a little bit of a description about, you know, what's involved with the core of this band.
0: Well, I think, you know, the bigger couple of talking points to it were were, you know, I feel like you as a producer were, you know, you're constantly filling your schedule with just work. And so you can have the luxury at times of looking so far out beyond where most of us would and kind of be able to, I guess, kind of plan accordingly for like, okay, this is like how this is going to be. This is possibly my full year already pre-planned out. And you're kind of, you know, seemingly working with bands that are constantly changing the heavy music spectrum. I mean, like literally today, just like 20 minutes ago i just got this oh look at that and it's one of those where um you know like that was a very different record for the band and you know i remember brian when he posted about the first single in the video uh going out you know it was like it was kind of scary to write a whole theme and a concept and, and kind of all these things and would people get or would they be like nah fuck that we ain't doing that and i tend to find that you seemingly work with a lot of bands that big risk uh high reward kind of scenarios and i just kind of feel like maybe you you know the the statement you kind of put out with your record is kind of maybe your mantra of sorts even in your work life
1: yeah well i mean i just i like working with bands that challenge themselves and me creatively and want to do things that are unique and original for them you know and i think it's always a part of whether it's with the with fit or with some of the other projects i work with um I'm always interested in like kind of not being the the follower band and being you know the artist that makes the record that connects with people and and um, sort of steers the course for what's what's happening with heavy music so it's definitely like um, I get excited about those projects you know um, I don't want to keep making the same record for my band and, and a lot of the bands that I work with that I feel like are the more creative or inspiring bands like they have, very similar mindsets you know um and i think that's part of the process of making records that makes it fun you know um and it's and you know that challenge and that excitement when you're actually able to uh pull something off like that is like one of the more rewarding parts of what we do so for me it's it's a it's a big part of like why i like writing music. You know, I, I, don't even, I don't give it much other thought like much more thought than that. Cause I don't really see it any other way anymore. You know?
0: I just think from, you know, from, from my perspective as, as a fan of music and even, you know, the heyday of, you know, you would buy something because, you know, the like Ross Robinson produced it or because it was on such and such label or whatever, that credibility and familiarity, you, you, the trust actually, I guess that is earned by, people kind of rewarding the artistic process of made, making something new and, and just feeling like you're a part of it. You know, I think some of us of the certain age can remember the first time hearing like that first corn record or, you know, even Slipknot's first record and just that raw vulnerability to it. And I feel like at this point, you know, you have now entered into that same breadth of, of talking about some of these producers who make kind of life-changing art for people I know Um, that may, may not be how you feel about it since you're just constantly in it, but
1: flattering. I definitely appreciate it. Um, yeah, I don't, um, it's funny, like a while ago, I kind of stopped caring (laughs) about what people were going to think about the music I made, you know? And, um, and I, I realized like when, when you start to worry about well, how other people are going to think about your music or is this, is this what's the best thing? Are we going to be the biggest if we do this? Like, you know, it it starts to like work its way into your brain and you make decisions that aren't as pure all the time. I mean, obviously with the given project, like people want singles, we want something on the radio, like, you know, the, the, the agenda is always there in the background, but I try to just kind of like shut that stuff out and just make, music that i like you know and i feel like i got better at doing that once i stopped caring what other people were going to think about it you know and then a lot of my favorite bands that i work with they don't care at all they just (laughs) like do exactly what they want to do you know um and i think that's like the 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 point of making music you know it's like i don't I don't have to play in bands if if I didn't want to, you know? So it's like, well, why am I doing this? Cause this is what I like to do. So I'm going to do what I like to do. You know?
0: It's interesting because I feel like, you know, even in the space of, you know, heavy music or whatever, that there's still be, you sort of said like, well, we still want a single or we still want this. And I feel like it would be, perhaps you've kind of earned the respect that you like, you don't have labels peering over you like okay like we really need you to like help these guys make a single like we at least need one or anything like that because like you hear those horror stories where it's like almost the producers kind of working in tandem with management or a label where it's like yeah we really need them like this is the the do or die record for this band we really need that big single that's going to push them you know forward in their career like can you help us with that and it's it's kind of weird when you hear stories like that sorry that's my dog um and it's one of those where it's just kind of interesting and, and kind of refreshing to still hear there are some that are just like, nah, fuck it, we're just gonna make like what we want because we like it. And if you like it, cool, but if not, like it really doesn't matter.
1: Sure, you I, like it. you know, obviously, I've been in that scenario where I'm making records and there's a label and a manager, and everyone's concerned about getting a song that connects a certain way or works a certain way. So the you know i've I've done those projects and 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 I've had cool success with that and and there are plenty of bands you know that are in that landscape of of like the heavy music world where that stuff is a priority and important and more important um you know it's not the it's not my first choice of what i like to do but i i still i still understand that side of the industry um it's just like more when it comes to some of the stuff that I feel more creative, creatively satisfied with has been like when we just don't care about those types of things, you know. And luckily, like a nice chunk of my records throughout the year, we are kind of left to our own devices, and no one's weighing in with those ty- with that type of mindset. And and um, it's been I'm fortunate where I've been able to steer my career where I get to do a lot of projects like that now.
0: You know, as you were, as we've kind of been talking about the careers and just kind of like being able to do what you want in kind of a genre that's not necessarily the most uh viable for like radio airplay and so forth. You know, I was kind of thinking you you had a hand in one of kind of the more viral moments, I would say, in the heavier genre, kind of recording uh laugh tracks, you know, with Brian's, you know, infamous barking part. And that was viral. And kind of even thinking about how Lauren Ashore this last year with to the hellfire like literally was on TikTok and was like this massive fucking thing. And I find it interesting that it's like, it seems like the underground music scene's kind of breaking into uh, mainstream through these like ancillary things like TikTok and so forth and becoming. Almost kind of breaking out, but like, I, I don't know, it, it feels weird as a almost 40 something where I'm like, like, I don't fuck with TikTok, but it's like I saw it everywhere. I saw the memes of everyone or whatever the fuck using that sample and just playing that or whatever the reactions to it. And it's like we live in this world now where I feel like because it's interesting to, quote unquote, react to this music that you're starting to see people and maybe introducing people to these, but like, have you peripherally kind of noticed this as well and how, like that it's now an ancillary Avenue for, for bands to kind of be
1: found. Sure. I mean, the internet's definitely um, a weird place and it's it's funny what takes off sometimes and what doesn't, you know, um, I don't think, uh, I don't know if any of that is like a long-term sustainable thing for bands. I think it's cool. Um, I think the the flash in the pan funny TikTok video and meme that gets traction and stuff it definitely gets eyes on pro- on a band and stuff. But it like I think then it's up to everybody else to follow through and get a band to a show and ha- and when you see them live they kill it and you know like NAKUS for example like sure none of that hurt the band it definitely got people like what what is this what am I listening to I'm sure it put more eyes on the band and stuff but I think they won people over touring relentlessly and having an awesome live show and, and making it more of an event where like, I have to see this band. I think a lot of their success came from the work after that, you know? Um, so there's two layers to that, you know, for me, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we've, we've been there like Joe's done a scream, some funny song in his car. And then it gets picked up by like barstool and there's millions of views on this thing. And we're like, we can't even get our music videos. (laughs) It's always weird, like, and I don't really know, I guess it's just the sum of all the parts, you know? Yeah. You know, any, uh, any exposure abandoned extreme music can get isn't going to hurt. I think it's obviously, you know, it's not, uh, in the forefront of everybody in, in the world's like, you know, musical preferences or, or this genre is obviously an underground thing. So when it breaks through to, uh, like a, a on a scale like that, it's always good and it's always good for everybody.
0: It was just interesting. I remember when a data member announced, I think their European run and Lorna shore was opening that it was just like, this is kind of what that kind of shit can open up for bands is like, you know, cause for some people may not know, but it's like, you know, when you get shop tours and it's all about numbers and what you can bring to this package or whatever. And so for that, it's just, it was interesting to see like one of the biggest bands that's kind of transcended out of that genre a little bit, taking arguably something way more aggressive than probably anyone else on that packages or the fans of that package will probably have ever seen live. I think is just really interesting and speaks, I think to just some of these ancillary avenues that I, I think are kind of kitsch for lack of a better term, but it's, yeah. uh, it's interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think, um, you know, like, like I said, I, I th- that type of stuff, I don't like, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't affect my day to day anymore. You know, like I'm right. happy that extreme bands get shots for whatever reason it is, you know. And I think if uh, you know, if TikTok or the internet is is the catalyst for that, then cool. It's awesome, you know.
0: <clears throat> I also a uh, funny story I, I felt like it would be fun to to tell you about. So you guys played to the Season, and that is, and uh I was there. And I wanted to go and you guys were like the first band after wrestling that was going on. And my wife was like, oh, it's such a long day. Do we really have to go that early? And I was like, yeah, I was like, I go, I know it means nothing to you. But I was like, you know, I had done a podcast with Greg a while ago. And I before even a note of music had come out, he had told me like who was in it, all the stuff about it. And I go, but the band pretty much never tours. So this is like, I'm already here like it like i'll go and you can just like come whenever you want but like i'm not missing to see this band because at that time the tour wasn't announced and we were coming to detroit anyway but it was funny that she was like oh, i'll go with you i'll go with you and you won her over and it was really uh. amusing because like she is sort of that staunch like <sighs> <laughs> So it was funny. She's like, "I like this band. Why is this band better than like most of the other band, the younger the other bands that we've seen over the last two days?" And then I was like, "Well, this is so and so from this band." And da And then she was like, "Oh, I don't know any of those bands." And I was like well okay but she was like i like this band though and i was like all right well then there you go and i was like but at least it's nice that even someone is kind who has been to as many shows or more than i have between myself being together with her and all her exes taking her to shows that she was like i like this band this band's a lot of fun and i was like
1: all right oh that's awesome so hit me with a, we'll get her a t-shirt later. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it was, it was really funny. And then I just had to keep making fun of Jay and texting him that his uh, thighs were in my way while I was trying to watch the other bands.
1: Oh, <laughs> Yeah. the like guy would. Play it if it yeah. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I mean, a- a- I think N works in a cool way because, you know, it's kind of back to what I said, like none of us, everybody else kind of has their, full-time gig or band or project but it just was created out of like a desire to make this type of music you know this is like the type of the type of hardcore that a lot of guys in my that everybody in and likes and didn't didn't have a project going where we could do that kind of stuff so i think it just comes from like a pure place and it translates like that because we don't really have to do anything you know it's like where we do that band to get that out of our systems. And that's the the fun part of it, you know, and we're not really concerned with, you know, touring full, like we we're probably not able to tour full time, even though we're doing some touring next year. Um, It's It's this year already. (laughs) We're only doing it because we really want to do it. We really like making that music. And I think that's like the music, it translates into the music.
0: I think it even translates into the live show. I mean, I only have the one, that one like 30 minute set or whatever, but I was pleasantly surprised at how tight it seemed like you guys played, even though I know you haven't played that much. Um, But I think just kind of speaks to a, the professionalism of all of you and probably just the working you put in before you start rehearsing for, for these shows. But I, I was pleasantly surprised because like the album sounds so good and it's just like this big, production and so forth and to, to hear it be able to be pulled off live as well as it is um is, is staggering uh to me
1: oh well, thanks yeah we were really sore after that so <laughs> we tried
0: <laughs> yeah it was it was funny because i uh i i think i had texted greg and i was like is will playing and he goes well yeah it's like pretty close to to where he is like and he always plays an end and i was like i thought I thought he wasn't doing all end shows either, uh, sort of the way that what you do with fit, like where you'll play the shows you can, and then you don't, if you can't.
1: Yeah. With fit. Um, I just, I don't have the uh, ability to do the full-time touring and make records. You right. Know? Um, so it's just we got another guitarist so that it wouldn't be an issue because so they're on tour all the time. Yeah, know?
0: I think they're in the Detroit today, actually.
1: They are actually in Detroit today. Yeah,
0: that's
1: where yeah. <laughs> I think it's sold out. So that's cool. But we're um, yeah, like they're, the, the band is so nonstop that I wouldn't be able to do both things, you know. And with N, like Greg is also a record producer. So it's like we we both like have decided like we want to do stuff, but we just have to make it work with everyone in the band and it's a lot more scaled back. So we're always going to do the shows, but they'll just be less frequent. Unfortunately, you know,
0: you know, actually I kind of, I can't remember if I asked you this the last time you were on, but do you find that playing live in, in the limited capacity you do allows you to put more into it and get more back, like a, a better return of investment on it? Cause you're, you don't get to do it as often as maybe you would like
1: um i mean yeah the shows are like i always have a blast playing you know and if i could do both things i would tour all the time you know but um the the live element of it is something that i definitely had missed for a while you know And part of doing and again was so i could have those experiences again but i love being out there and seeing new bands and meeting new people and stuff like the studio can be very uh it's very in the fishbowl at times, you know, cause I'm, I'm kind of here every day and I don't get out a lot. So it's, it's nice to actually see the country a little bit, <laughs> meet other people that don't, that aren't in my just small circle and, and, uh, and like have some fun with it. So it, it, it is a very rewarding experience.
0: Actually, I guess that's, that's kind of a question I've not like okay. Uh, for example, uh, I know Josh Schroeder, a uh, friend of mine, is pretty much a hermit. <laughs> like he he works all the time, and then he doesn't really venture out much beyond like his house. Really, like he doesn't like when you see him at a show or whatever. You're like, holy shit, you're here! Like mark the calendar because like this will probably be the one time in two years I'll see you. Kind of a deal. But are you kind of more of a an introverted person to begin with?
1: I don't think I am like I'm I'm not an anti-social person. I probably have become more over the years. Um, probably just getting old. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that I'm not really, but I do. I am like Josh in that I spent so much time here at the studio that I'm, it's rare that I'm out, you know, like I, I, um, I try to make it out to shows. I, I always like seeing the, the bands I work with play and, and, um, if there's a band I'm interested in working with, I always really try to see them live before I, before I work with them too. But so even when I'm going to shows, it's still like somehow kind of work related, you know, but, but I, um I do, you know, I want to make it a point to try to get out more, but it's hard. I mean, the hours are crazy producing records. I don't think people really understand what that workload is like to do it on the scale that we do it, you know? Um, and even with like, you know, a, a team, like a team of engineers and assistants, it's still long, long days, you know? Um, so like, yeah, if I'm not at a show, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked, you know? <laughs> stuff. To, I, get, I miss cool stuff all the time, but yeah, I think it's just part of the job, you know? It's a lot of work, but it doesn't always, it doesn't really feel like work all the time either. So it's mm. like those hours fly by before you even realize it.
0: I feel like it would just be, Cause it's funny, like it's not nearly to the same capacity as like what you, you guys are doing, but it's like, you know, with the podcast, you know, I might do like, I have another one later with Michael from volumes, but it's like, okay, like there's two episodes and then I'm going to kind of work on a graphic. I'm going to work on doing different stuff and getting all like, and then it's like, it's just constant work. And then it's like, you know, I'm working today on finishing this week's episode. And then like, as soon as that's done, I'm already working on the other shit. And it's just this constant repetition of, of that, of just work, to make a, a consistent output. And I feel like people don't understand how weird it is, because I feel like it's the same to you guys, where you're like, you're so pumped about this thing you're doing, but then that's done, and then you're just immediately moving kind of on to the next one, and then you're excited about that. And you're sort of perpetually in your own world that only a very smattering of people understand like what's happening in it. And when you try to explain it to other people and they don't have this near the same reaction or excitement as you do, you're like, all right, well, I guess I, no one cares. So then yeah, you well, start be, going inward with it.
1: It's not for other people, you know, like you love your job and that's all that matters. You know, like I don't, I try to explain to people what I do and they don't understand it. And I'm like, Oh, you don't have to like, I like my job better than you do. Probably don't worry about it. That yes, I'm work. Yes. I work more hours than you so uh, but it's still better than you (laughs) um but yeah i mean i i don't um you know i i've never i think it takes people if you're not in this world and you're not and you don't make records you have no idea what we like what we're doing and how long it takes and um it's hard to get people to understand that other than like I'll do it to do a parallel to like, uh, you, you see how movies get made, you know, how long those take? like, <sighs> you to know, what the movie industry's like, you know? So it's like, okay, so imagine that on just a smaller scale, but it's just me and not a hundred <laughs> and crew and staff and, you know, grips and this and that, you know? So it's like, yeah, production is hard to do it. Uh, right. And endless, you know? Um, but uh, you know, I love doing it. So it's cool.
0: I, I was kind of thinking more about, and you kind of hit the nail on the head when you were like, oh, maybe just getting older. So I don't want to <laughs> talk or deal with people as much, but I, I kind of feel like there's a little bit of this, this weirdness where, you know, at times doing this, I feel like helps me communicate better with people out and about, but also because I'm so kind of in like doing this, I don't feel like people have as many don't talk. I guess as much as we like I do doing this or maybe you do in the middle of making a record and and the conversations you have that are are very uh, creatively fulfilling with people and kind of get your brain working. And I feel like maybe that's the, the, the big disconnect I find personally is that I just don't I don't vibe with people maybe I guess that aren't that just want surface level bullshit, I guess. And I guess that's the hard part is I I tend to find either because of everyone, you know, just constantly being engaged on their phones that maybe that's part of it or, or I don't know, but I feel like that would be the hard part for me if possibly you as well is just kind of having these great conversations and you try to interact with others and you're just like,
1: (sighs) yeah, my mind definitely is like spinning on ideas sometimes where, you know, I don't want to just like do su- superficial conversation because I'm like I just left a session where uh, something super intense happened or we're writing a song and I'm in my in where my brain was like with a li- lyrics or something like that where it's like yeah I don't care about I don't want to talk about the weather or like hear the thousandth covid story today you know it's like there're definitely times where I just get stuck in the a- <laughs> Which is a good thing because, you know, I'm trying to reach the goal line for whatever it is where I'm probably not as interested in day to day conversations, you know. But um, when I'm not working, it's really nice to forget about that stuff because I do like the reset, you know, and uh, even though I don't get a ton of downtime, like I I value it because I love doing nothing and (laughs) listening and 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 just having fun and do and. Being stupid for lack of, <laughs> you know, like where where I look forward to doing nothing sometimes, and that, just not overthinking a a, a part or having a steep conversation about art, you know. So it's like, yeah, I I think that reset can be important and super refreshing too.
0: What do you do when you're not working? Because I feel like you're just someone who always needs a project to be working on.
1: Nothing. I, that's what I'm saying. I, you literally do nothing. want to do nothing. I'll go for a walk in the woods or I'll sit on my couch. Like I, I literally, <laughs> yeah, I, I've enjoyed, uh, the, when I want a break, I want an actual break, you know, it's actually great for me, you know?
0: So are you the kind that like would go out to the woods, go camping and just kind of literally just be out in the middle of nowhere doing nothing?
1: Yeah. We usually go, like I'll go hiking with my wife and my dog and like just walk around and it's <laughs> great <laughs> it's
0: interesting i'm it's funny i wasn't sure if you're like one of those people who's like man i've been like you're gonna be behind on it but you're like oh man i finally got into this like new video game or if you were into like movies or something like that which you know kind of would parlay into another question you know kind of speaking to the new record and, and a lot of the records you've been putting out lately you know they're i'll use the new fit record mainly it's it's very cinematic like there's a lot of I don't want to necessarily call them like interludes and stuff like that, but there's there seems to be a lot of well-thought out intentions of like this builds to this, then this happens. And it's almost like a like a movie where you know you have your opening, and then here's you know what we open up to, and then this happens, and then these uh events unfold, and then you know, now we're at the end and credits roll, and here's the music for that, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, is scoring something that you have any interest in doing or have you even started venturing into that at all?
1: Yeah. Um, there's actually a pretty good amount of that influence on the new fit record. Um, I do, I am into that stuff. I, I'm, I'm really a fan of a lot of like some of the post-rock bands that wind up transitioning into scoring movies and stuff mm-hmm. like Mogwai and explosions. This will destroy you. Like those, those, that style of like the way they'll paint the picture over what's happening on on the screen you know i i've always been a fan of like the band versions of that john greenwood's really good at too and um i uh i've definitely uh i kind of like wanted to incorporate a little bit of that on the on the new record because some of that stuff's like it's kind of what i've been listening to more lately um and it and it did kind of get me interested in scoring a little bit so i am actually talking to some people about like potentially working on some film stuff too which which would be fun because i've never really never really ventured into that world but i'm very, highly interested in like all the sound design and work that goes into that stuff it's a kind of a different approach to making music you know um and uh i love the instrumental composition side of some of that stuff and the kind of freedom you could have with with it even though you know you're kind of you are kind of directed by the film but there's like I, I don't know to me it's like a different headset completely than like if i'm writing music for a band you know um so yeah hopefully in the future i can i i will wind up actually doing some of it um but yeah it was a nice catch on that because that was uh that was i was definitely thinking about that with the fit record like oh it'd be cool if we can wonder if we can do this you know well i think even you know i've
0: only been able to give it about three spins total because unfortunately you know you have songs like two towers and uh ah, shit i was listening to it on my phone so i didn't see the other songs that something something hate uh god it's like track six or seven but uh it's one of those like where when you're listening to it it just it it lends itself to kind of A full album experience an immersive experience versus just like here's the single or we're going to front load the record with the bangers and then the rest is just kind of whatever and to me when you when you take and i guess more importantly because you've had the time due to covid and not being able to tour and all that that you are able to kind of make a a lot more nuanced record that for those that want to be fully immersed in in listening and and finding out like Oh, there's this cool sound I never noticed. Oh, wait, it comes back at the end of this. Or, oh, it's really interesting how the album ends and then the way it ends kind of is a perfect swell back into the beginning of the record. So it's a, a very, uh, laborious, uh, loop kind of of, uh, how you can listen to this record. And to me, I, th- I think that's, It's gratifying as a music fan, but I think more importantly, and you kind of touched on it a little bit in the very beginning, you know, it makes me feel like there's something more important being said, which unfortunately getting these promo copies, I don't get the lyrics uh, to these records. So I have to kind of try to piece out what I can based off of the lyrics I'm hearing or song titles or whatever. And I feel like there's a lot in this record that will keep me coming back, trying to, I don't want to say decipher, but just kind of find everything that you're putting out. And especially in the video that you guys released, I feel like there's so much symbolism uh, that probably is going to allow me to dig deeper into the lyrics on this record and see what else I'm, I'm finding when I do that very much like a good movie where it's full of Easter eggs. It's full of things. The more times you watch, you're like, Oh, I didn't notice that that person's in here. And then they come back later in the movie and they're a big part of the, the ending or whatever. So, I think that's, that's the fun thing about music. If you actually give a shit about it is it can reveal so many things if you're willing to take the journey.
1: Sure. I mean, this is definitely um, a pretty dense record in, in that sense, you know, we um, we're influenced by so much stuff that it was like kind of the challenge for me this time was like, how far could we push what we normally do and incorporate some of these new elements and try new things? Cause I'm I'm just over making the same record, you know, like I'm not interested in doing the uh, round two of what the last one was. So I was like, all right, well, what else do we got? You know? So there's like, there's a ton of stuff on this one that I feel like we've never really done before and different sounds trying different types of vibes or songs and stuff. And um, the, we wrote a lot of songs. Like I had 20 songs for this, maybe like the, I wrote the most song starts that I ever had uh for a fit record for sure so it was like um seeing seeing what um seeing what works for um you know seeing what works in the context of like a whole album experience and what was going to be cool to kind of throw the dynamics of the record around. It was, I was very conscious of it through the whole process. And it was hard to like narrow stuff down at <laughs> a track listing where it feels like the, like the right way and stuff. And even like picking singles, like this whole, the whole process of this one, because it is such a it turned into this, like cohesive, this is the complete union for a while. I was like, it was like one big song to me <laughs> for a while, you know, um, because I wanted all this movement and the arcs in the, in the track listing and stuff like that, it, it, it really was like, I, I had kind of wanted to see it a certain way, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, like this was the, this is the cool part for me. Like all of that love that goes into this stuff is like the thing I'm, I get the most excited about, you know, pushes you to be a better musician and it like keeps your brain firing on all cylinders. It's definitely like, you know, my favorite part of doing this kind of stuff. So like this, this, is definitely an album to experience as a whole piece for sure.
0: With this, with that being kind of the case, is there potential maybe where you play this record, like in its entirety and, end, or even maybe cause I'm thinking like, there's a couple of parts where I'm like, Oh, it'd be kind of cool. Maybe you get like a small like orchestra or something to kind of maybe recreate some of, the sonics that are on it and kind of make it a really interesting evening with kind of a thing and just kind of go really full bore into that side of this record and just really kind of making it a massive statement i guess
1: i mean we'd love to uh we wanted to do that on the last one we actually were planning on doing it on the last album um and then obviously the pandemic hit but um it's definitely something where we we've, we've never uh had the opportunity to try that i'm not actually sure if we could still do it like our band <laughs> don't know how big our band really is and if that kind of stuff really works for us yet um i don't know if we can get an orchestra you know what i mean so it's like where you know the scale of the band brings up more issues with like the ability to pull that off um maybe it's like a one maybe we live stream it or something but yeah i think out of any album we've done this would be the one where i'm like i would love to do this like front to back with all the bells and whistles and it's because i think it would be the most like rewarding one for the for the listener stuff too um so yeah hopefully we get to do it so that we get bigger and we can buy an orchestra and and, and give you the coolest yeah
0: yeah it's one of those like i one of my favorite and it was just the the duality of the visuals was very interesting and i remember uh, how long ago it was but it had to have been around the uh, death cult armageddon record cycle i believe but when demu did that like at some big festival and had like this giant ass orchestra up there with them and you're like yeah this shit's like super big like at that point anyway like symphonic and just it's it's massive and it feels that way so to see them crushing this like set with this giant 60 piece orchestra or whatever with vocalists and all that you're just like yeah, that that makes sense, and it really does add a whole nother element to oh, their live show.
1: I mean, as a kid, I remember the S Metallica thing. I, I actually went to the guard, Madison Square Garden to see one of those, and it was like mm-hmm. one of those shows I've ever been to. It was awesome, you know. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, I hope we can do it one day. <laughs> it would be awesome. I That's think good. everybody would be down to do that, you know. That uh, I think it's more of like, can you pull it off, you know? So if there are any Fit fans out there who having to be string players and uh, don't want to work for what they're normally getting paid. Give me a call. (laughs) We could try to make it work. We would.
0: (laughs) It's always interesting. I I feel like when you talk to people who have these big ideas and that it kind of sucks knowing that you, I don't want to call it a limitation, but I I will call it what it is an obstacle basically to, overcome basically the genre you're in and knowing that the money just isn't there to pull off something that you know would be really cool and special
1: yeah i mean we spend a lot of time trying to maximize what we have you know um i think there there are we have big ideas and i'm sure all bands do you know but there's constant financial limitations to like all right well you can't do this but how do you make it feel like this for a third of the price you know <laughs> so it's like getting crafty at uh getting your message across or your visual or like whatever whatever that impact needs to be you know within the constraints of the budget you have and it's a it's a real it's the big challenge every time you know and it's not the challenge that is the most fun part (laughs) like how the the music side of it is the fun part for me and then when it when that's done and then we have to put it all that together afterwards and the budget isn't what you know, ideally you wish it was, that's the part where it's like, okay, now it's stressful for a second, you know, (laughs) Uh, but we've, uh, you know, over the years I've definitely linked up with artists and directors and, you know, touring guys and crew and stuff where it's like, we've definitely put our guys together and our team where it's like these dudes, we pay these, everybody that works with us as much as we can, we get way beyond what we always expect from, from them, you know? Max Moore and Eric Richter and, you know, Adam Burke, our, our, who does our layouts and all the guys who are on tour with us. It's like, they are just, you know, I, it's, I, I always feel bad that I can't give them the <laughs> world because they deliver so good for us, you know? And um, yeah, it, uh, we're lucky that uh, over time we've been able to find guys who can really pull off like our visions after the record, after the fact, you know, without, without breaking the bank you know and and um and i think a big part of fit success has been like finally aligning with like other creative people who are you know see the vision and are down for it too yeah
0: i think that's that's one of the interesting things it seems like there's i don't want to say more of a purity but that there's a something special about it when people just believe in the in the the thing and want to be a part of it and it's not about Deluded by like, what do I get? What do I gain or anything like that? It's just, I want to be a part of this.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, we've never been one to have to chase people or convince people to work with us, you know, like if, if people aren't excited about um, working with us, no matter how talented or good they are or, or or what service they offer that we really need, we always like kind of go and look for another option. Cause we want people who really understand what we do and are excited about it the same way we are to be the one to work on these projects. You know um, whether that's a label or a director or an art guy, the guy's going to go on tour with us. Like if they're not, if they're not, if we feel like it's something that we have to twist their arm into doing, we're like, yeah, let's just go find someone who's (laughs) stuck to work. Yeah. And, And, uh, yeah, we've been operating like that for a while. And it's always, those are the guys who always come through with the best stuff.
0: Kind of changing up gears a little bit as we start to wrap up. Um, You know, you were talking earlier too, about uh, wanting to bring to light uh, different topics, different things that, you know, you and the band uh, want brought to the the forefront of your music and and the lyrics and messages and so forth. You know, obviously with you working with, with body count, nice team, What is it like to work with someone that has been kind of a a very vocal, a vocal voice uh, kind of for the underground hip hop scene at the time? But even I would just say, you know, an underground sense of people um, who's been dealing with this for decades and still being still having his message, I guess, not be heard necessarily, but helping him uh, bring out these, these messages and these, these words that should hopefully bring people together and and maybe change the world we live in.
1: I mean, it, it, it's been awesome. I mean, we see eye to eye on a lot of pretty much all social political issues. I think you'd argue with me about the merits of being a vegan or something, but (laughs) generally we're, we're, we're pretty on, on a page when it comes to the shit he's pissed off about. So, um, it's been great to help with the music and, you know, help have, try to translate that idea into a way where it can connect like at, as hard as possible, you know? Um, and, and it comes from such a pure place with him too. Cause he's like, he doesn't have to make music at all. You know, like the guy is obviously massive successful and massively successful movie star, TV star, but this is like things that he feels are important to get out into the world. And, like, that's why he does the band, and that's why, uh, like I had said earlier in the interview, I'm so excited to be a part of projects like that, you know? So, it it comes from that. It comes from the right place, and, and I think it's very inspiring to work with somebody like that, who at this point in his life still wants to get these things out into the world.
0: What is it like, you know, because... <clears throat> being a fan of hip hop and and being a fan of, you know, documentaries and so forth, you know, some of my favorite moments are like when you watch, uh, Jay Z's like fade to black, or even like when he's making the black album, um, and you know, he's doing, you know, 99 problems and he hears that beat for the first time. And then he just goes in and he spits like that first verse and shit. And you're just like, and even Rick's like, Whoa. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. Like I just, and then he just kind of keeps going with it. I don't know if ice is more of the kind to write something down, but I feel like that same kind of mode where like maybe a lyrical he he's ad-libbing or freestyling for a second. And then you're just like, yo, that.
1: Oh, for sure. What yeah. is that? Let's he, do that. Uh, he's definitely like a hip hop guy when it comes to lyrics. Like he, he writes to body count. Like it's a, like, it's a beat, you know? And, yeah. uh, we're always like, in, we, we find this middle ground where like, I have to be like, um, this is still a ban. Like, like <laughs> I know it's weird to rap over these parts, but like, this is still like a, an important part of this, uh, this world. And then he, his world, like he asked me like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta make room for me here. We gotta do this. We gotta change this beat a little, like this is the flow, you know? So we always, we go back and forth on like that balance that makes a body count. song a lot, but he'll come in, sit with a pen, write for a bit, fuck around sometimes with just you know some ideas with that like off script you know for lack of a better word and and uh yeah it's when he's like once he sees it like he's got it you know once the i once he sometimes it just takes a sec but once he has the theme or the idea like it, it it goes fast all the best body count stuff are like instant like where he's like i got it it's gonna be like here it is you know like when when he has that vision for stuff um it's like almost immediate and then that it's done, you know? So it's, it's really cool. Um, it's, it's awesome watching that from like a, such a, you know, veteran lyricist, like how once it clicks in his brain, how quick it gets there, you know, it's, 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 it's very inspiring to watch. It's like, damn, this takes me so much longer. <laughs>
0: I got to know, you know, because some of the production on on those records, I know, you know, someone like people like Doc Coyle and other people will submit uh, tracks to be featured on Body Count stuff. So I know it is a a very collaborative effort. And I know Ernie C has talked about how sometimes you'll be like, hey, man, I got this part. And he'll be like, you can play it.
1: (laughs) We're we're pretty open. Like, it's all best idea wins, like best song wins. Whoever does the thing the best does it. Like, it's very laid back they're yeah. in that sense where it's like just make it cool like call some people get some riffs i'll throw some stuff in we'll write some songs like if you, i palm you better than you so i'll do that you do that like they it's just relaxed in that sense like they're more i think their eyes on the prize in a different way but like, they're more focused on like which wants to be cool you know and uh yeah, it's funny when I work with younger bands, it's like a totally different, you know, first time in the studio kind of bands. They definitely don't have that vibe. And and it's like over the time you realize like, hey, whatever is the best song or the best idea is the thing to do. Like that's what that's what translates to the real world. That's what everybody eventually, you know, the, the takeaway is the song in the end and how it connects, not how it, how you got there, you know. So it's like uh, I think a lot of people have to realize like no one will ever know what you know they're only going to see the the end result of this you know
0: well the question I had for it was because I remember getting carnivore and I the opening track with the the roar itself behind ice's vocal I was like that is so fucking cool and what a great idea but it's kind of campy at the same time
1: oh it's so campy we love whose
0: idea was that
1: we tried like a scream and we tried like a dinosaur I was like stealing movie (laughs) yells yeah, like what's the godzilla roar like i forgot what we landed on it might be like a tiger or some like some kind of b movie monster thing but we're like that okay that's where i had just a whole session of roars and it was <laughs> like like hearing some goofy ones over it and stuff too and it was like yeah we just wanted i mean it's the sound of carnival you know we're like all right we need the roar what's the good let's find it you know um but they only—they've always had that good, high entertainment value. Like it's serious, but it's supposed to be fun. Like they do this because it's fun for them. Like that's 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 half the reason Body Count is banned, you know. Like they want to get an important message out, but they also want to have fun, you know. And it, like it just the the those elements and Ice being an entertainer and understanding, you know, why things work in the real world. Like you you have to. You have to keep it light at times. You have to be serious at times. It's just the dynamic that makes that band such a unique thing, you know? So it's like, we don't shy away from the cheese. I think there's like, there's some sound effects on those. North- yeah. There- there's
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you have the fake, uh, the fake robbery, which is also my favorite.
1: Yep, We do have our fake, like voiceover moments, the scripts and stuff like that. I think I'm a cop on one of the songs. <laughs> cop in there. Yeah, there's always there's always fun stuff. I've got a there's a breakdown that's just made entirely out of gunshots on one yeah, of them. Yeah, and uh
0: this is how we or this is why we ride. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: that was so fun. Like, and I know that's Doc's song, but man, the first time I heard that and didn't know that, I was like, this is a fucking banger.
1: Yeah, we had it. I was like, hey Doc, what if this breakdown's just guns? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean we you gotta it, it is legitimately fun. Like it's guys having fun making music. And it's like it's just the best record to make in that sense.
0: Yeah, I'm very much looking. I know Ernie said on the Jost episode he was just on that you guys are already working on the the follow up, which is weird to to say. Like we went so many years in between body count records, and now it's just every like two years you get one, and it's
1: yeah, fucking great. Pandemic kind of took the wind out of that one a little because they couldn't do much, so it was like just like everybody else out there. Well, maybe we just get into another one, so we're we're cooking up some new stuff now. I'm uh,
0: it was funny. I don't know. I don't remember seeing. I feel like I saw you during Etid's set, so I would imagine you were there during Ice's set at the, the show.
1: Yeah, I was uh, like side of the stage.
0: Okay. Um. All I saw was Coco and uh, his kid and somebody else from where I was standing. But I was gonna say it was funny because like being in the crowd, you know, this is my second Ice rap set that I've seen when he was here in town doing an NWA show. Um, and it was one of those where. I remember, like, leaning over to my wife because I was like, I don't, I feel like the the kids in here have probably never really been to, like, a legit hip-hop show. Like, not like you and I, like, where we've seen, like, you know, Naughty by Nature and Slick Rick and Eric B and Rakim and, like, some of these other, like, you know, basically all the names Ice later said that night where he's like, I stand, you know, on the pillars behind these people. And it's like, I've seen all those people. And then, but it was weird because, like, one kid's, like, trying to mosh. And I was like, not the vibe, dude. Not the vibe at all.
1: No, know where we are here but no i mean i think it's the etid of course always brings like sort of a mixed crowd especially with these shows so you're just gonna have people from all walks of life interacting with each other there and uh sometimes that's a recipe for trouble but yeah, that was a fun set like I think it was very fun yeah i definitely think it was a lot of people's first hip-hop show fortunately i mean you can, well, t- you can tell by some of the reactions to it you know
0: well i mean I think that was one of the things about this that, you know, I had this weird epiphany, you know, like, because I remember I'm old enough to kind of remember ice on TV, you know, with, you know, colors and six in the morning and stuff like that, you know, the videos and feeling like that at a time I would have felt very scared to have been at a show of his. for the uh, the wildness of him and and the people that may be in attendance whereas now i feel like the edges are a little bit softer and and but the lyrics and and the the message is still just as sharp but he himself understands that he doesn't have to be that way
1: yeah i think um i mean he's grown over the years to realize like there's a certain audience he's playing for and he wants to give them he wants them to have the most fun and give them the best show possible that for them you know so like pointing machine guns at the crowd, and scaring everybody. Probably wouldn't fly in Buffalo at the old Etage. You know, <laughs> he's always been a, man like playing, the audience and kind of putting together shows that I think work the best for for the given crowd. You know, um, he'll do different shows though for sure. You can definitely catch him on other tours and and it, and it's a different vibe, you know. But um, you know where he's in at where he's at at life too. The guy's just he's just having fun. He's just happy. And, and kind of out there with his buddies, his, his DJ and his crew and stuff. are like the guys he came up with as kids, you know. Yeah. they are telling crazy stories about when they were teenagers and stuff. So he's like, he's out there having fun. He wants everybody else to have fun with him. You know?
0: Last question for you before I have uh, you plug socials or anything. You know, with someone like Ice, you know, I constantly, you know, when he had his podcast, you know, I loved it because I loved you know, the daily game and the stories and the wisdom that he bestows upon those that are willing to listen, you know, being in such close proximity to someone like that, I feel like you probably have gained so much life wisdom from him. Um, What is something maybe that you can end this with, you know, that is, has impacted you and maybe would be a good uh, message for others to kind of take into their, their daily lives.
1: I think he never let success go to his head. And I think, uh, on any scale that's what will keep you going and keep you in the good graces of people you know I think a part of the reason why knock loose has expanded and grown to the level of Travis because they're like nicest most humble kids in the world they put on people from the hardcore scene local bands they put them on shows on their tours like they're always pushing the younger generation forward or the smaller bands forward and giving people a minute, to sh- like their time to shine and stuff like that. And, uh, I think it makes people rude for you, you know, mm. and it goes two ways when you become a successful musician, like you're that guy or you're the other guy turns into a prick, you know, who thinks they're better than everyone because they just happen to be the band that's selling more records or this or that right now. And it's like, all of this is short, man. Like this, this, it, it it's like, that wave of fame and success and stuff could disappear at any minute, you know? So it's like staying a little more humbled in that sense and, you know, helping younger people up like with you, like is not only like is the right thing to do, (laughs) but it also like, you know, it kind of builds a foundation for you to have these connections with people long-term, you know, and be a respected artist that your peers like and be someone that the younger generation roots for. And I think, that gets lost sometimes, and it was never lost on Ice-T, you know, and, it, and it's not lost on a lot of the younger bands that I work with, you know, like Knock Blues being a great example of it. So it's like, I've definitely, I didn't know what type of guy he was going to be when I met him, and I realized he is just like that, you know, and it's why he's part of, probably why he's a successful guy. Everybody likes the guy, you know. It's like, so don't be a dick. How about that? There's my, there's the words of wisdom.
0: There you go. And uh, lastly, where can everyone find you or anything you'd like to plug online?
1: Um, what am I plugging? What are we plugging? Uh, Fit for an Autopsy has a new record coming out January 14th on Nuclear Blast. You can pre-order it now. The band's on tour next five weeks through the whole U.S. We'll be on tour in Europe in May. Some plenty more coming from the band once, um, pandemic rule stuff Shifts, and we'll be in other places of the, of the world as soon as we can. You know, ends um, got a tour coming up in March that I'll actually be on um, March tenth, uh, March fourth to the twenty fourth or something like that. We'll, we'll be uh, in some select cities throughout the U.S. and um, there'll be some more stuff from us this year too. So if you're an end fan, keep an eye, and then yeah, I'm just will put you there. Feel free to follow if you want to see more. Studio band whatever content, you know.
0: <laughs> Everyone's a content creator now.
1: I'm not I'm not <laughs> to be fair. I'll share the record. If you want to keep up on the record that I'm posting at the occasional dog photo, I'm your guy.
0: Fair enough. Well, thanks again for taking the time. It was always always been a pleasure talking to you and uh looking forward to hopefully catching an end uh when you guys are in Detroit in a couple of couple months.
1: Awesome. Hit me up, we'll get you on the old guest list and thank you for having me again, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right,
0: man. Have a good uh, one. You too. So that was my conversation with Will Putney, again, a fit for an autopsy, who just dropped their newest album, Oh, What the Future Holds, out now via Nuclear Blast Records. This record is just fucking crushing. It's so atmospheric and, and so cinematic, the whole thing. Um, and I know we kind of talked about it in the chat, just, you know, the time that the band had to really kind of add little nuances, add kind of these these textures and, and scoring elements to the album that really kind of makes it feel... Like a full record, not hear some songs, we put them in an order, we're good. Um, this is very much a complete thought-out piece of music. And what's actually interesting, too, is uh, I've been noticing a lot of people commenting on it. But Will posted a video uh, the other day on his Instagram of the bongos, quote-unquote, that start off uh, a new level of hate. Uh, is actually someone petting his dogs like stomach uh kind of like percussively like kind of tapping on it and they mic'd it up <laughs> and that's actually what you hear it's actually those aren't bongos uh those are actually his dog's <laughs> ribcage. <laughs> so uh that was an interesting tidbit of information to come out of uh will's instagram recently uh, about the record and i really wish i would have seen that beforehand because i would have loved to have talked more about where the idea even came to do that um but I think that's what separates a lot of the, the great producers uh, from and the, a lot of the great musicians is just thinking outside the box and, and kind of being more abstract. Um, and I guess that's sort of what having the time uh, when no one's expecting you to put out a record or it's not due at a certain point. I guess that's the fun of it is you can kind of take chances uh, and do something a little more, uh, like I said, abstract, I guess, for lack of a better term, and just kind of do something that kind of pushes the boundaries of, of what you could do. Um, so that, I think that's my favorite. Uh, cause I remember listening to that record and being like, man, these bongos are fucking crazy. Like wild. I wouldn't have thought to put that on there, but obviously it's not bongos it's a dog. And I probably would have done that too. And now every time I pet my dog and kind of do the same thing, like we're all pat her stomach. Uh, now that's all I can think of is just like, I wonder what, if I could make a song off like my dog, like petting her and patting her and stuff like that. So shout out to Will and the band for doing that. Um, but going to wrap this episode up uh, just because the intro was kind of longer. Um, if you would like to keep up with Fit for an Autopsy, it's pretty simple. You can actually go to oh, what the future holdscom That is the landing page for Fit for an Autopsy. If you would like to keep up with them on Facebook, it's at Fit for an Autopsy Official. Instagram and Twitter are simply Fit for an Autopsy. Uh, if you would like to keep up with Will, you can find him on Instagram and Twitter at Will Putney. And um, yeah. Uh, Again, go pick up the new record, go listen to it. Uh, It is really fucking good, Uh, already very quickly becoming uh, this year's Album of the Year contender for me. Uh, and if you would like to keep up with this podcast, it's simple enough. Go to BrucePeakPod.com. That is the landing page for everything in this podcast. Uh, you can also see some other shows that we support, as well as uh, the sponsors that support us here at the show. Uh, we would love to see you support them if you're able to. We're going to run that down real quickly. Rockabilia, go to rockabilia.com, use our code Brutally, and get 10% off your total purchase order. The Bean Bastard at thebeanbastard.com. And On Point Pomade, use our code BSP15 and go get 15% off your total purchase order want to thank all of our sponsors again and in conclusion for this episode of the brutally speaking podcast i am john and join us next week where i have robert meadows formerly of a life once lost joining me we did that a while ago uh (laughs) i'm not going to spoil how that ended but we i will say we have been trying to reconnect uh to make that uh to finish things Um, but it is a wild episode and I think you're going to be thoroughly entertained. So enjoy that. And I will talk to you all next week.